All right, church, y'all ready for the word? You, do you need the word? <laughs> do you long for the word? Even thirst for the word? Anybody been to a dry place and you couldn't wait to get a sip? Yeah, that's how uh, every time when you are in a dry place, you should have that feeling that, you know, usually it's a liquid, it's water. Uh, it could be water. For some of us, it could be alcohol. Amen. Amen. We being real. There's a lot of things that can quench your physical thirst, but there's only one person that can quench your spiritual thirst, and that's Jesus. And every time we open up the word, we can expect to see Jesus in the word. Not, 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 not the Jesus that we hope will come, the Jesus that's already come, the Jesus that has already finished the work. Anybody going through a battle in their life right now, just a personal battle, physical battle, spiritual battle? There's all kinds of battles going on, but I want to show you through the word that uh, you can expect to be stronger as you go through that battle. Uh, that's what God promises. That's his promise to us. I told my wife yesterday when I got home from a week vacation that there's no way I could preach this message and and uh, because I don't live it. <laughs> uh, honestly, I just haven't been. And I've been without hope. I've been without faith. Uh, I've kept my eye on the natural, not the supernatural, where I dwell, by the way. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, the Bible says, yeah? And uh, so I'm not perfect, and that's why she said I was qualified to preach the message, because I'm not perfect. If I was perfect, no one would, take, would receive it from a perfect person. Amen? Is that true? I mean, I'm close to perfect. But uh, I've been battling with stuff, my knee, you know, I can't run, uh, all I do is eat, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you get into that depression, anybody got, that's active, you get hurt, sometimes you get in this depressive state, and uh, and you just don't look at who you really are, and so that that's me, that's where I'm at, but I know that the Lord will speak through me uh, as, as, I, as I am his mouthpiece this morning, amen? Uh, so I'm not being fake by or a hypocrite, even though that's in my mind. That's what the enemy was telling me I was. I'm going to be a vessel this morning, and whatever happens, I know will be the Lord's doing because he's good. He makes all things good. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word's always true. It's always on time. It's, it's always relevant. It is uh, the absolute truth, and we receive it today. God, we thank you, even with a little faith, just a little faith. We know it's true. We know that you bless us in every situation. So, God, thank you for giving us hope this morning, a confident expectation of good, that we can be confident that you will make whatever battle we go through, you are making it good. You are making it work for us. And that battle is not the end. In fact, the end's over already. God, death is defeated. The enemy's defeated. We are victorious in Jesus. God, thank you for the gentle, loving reminder of who we are. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. All right, I want to show you a little verse right here. It'll start us off. First Chronicles uh, chapter 26, verse 27. Some of the spoils won in the battles, they dedicated to uh, maintain the house of the Lord. Uh, this is David. They would go out and fight battles all the time. They, the, the Jewish people would go and and they would even ask permission to take uh, water right from from these territories and and even permission just to walk through them uh, like your neighbor. Anybody had that neighbor you couldn't walk on their grass? 
which made you want to walk on their grass? Yeah? Okay, good. Not just me. So, uh, yeah, the, the Israelites, even the people that, as they were walking through, we're talking nation, millions of people, right, that are walking on this journey. And, and every time they got in a battle, the Lord always calls them to win. They always won. Even when the people came against them, they were in a battle, they would win. And I love this verse because it's all the spo- it says some of the spoils, but in the original, it's they gave a portion of the spoils to the Lord, right? Some of the spoils won. Where were the spoils won? In the battle, right? No battle, no spoils. Yes, the word there literally means plunder, right? Treasure. So, so if you don't have a battle, there's no spoils. There's no treasure at the end of it. So this is a good, gentle reminder that as you're going through a battle, a battle, whatever it is, the battle you think of in your mind, whether it's family members, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's what to do in the future, whatever it is, that's a battle. And, and our battles today are spiritual battles, right? So we're fighting this spiritual battle because the real battle is won, right? So the only place the enemy can get is right here. He can try to tell you who you, uh, who you are in the natural when, when God has already told us that we are righteous, that we are forgiven, that we are justified, that we are blessed beyond measure. But when we take our eyes off of that and we put it on ourselves, we forget who we really are. Would you agree? So the battle, uh, without the battle, there's no spoils. So what battle are you going with today? I don't know what your battle is. I know what mine is, right? But I know that all battles, without the battle, there's no spoil. But I also know that as I go through the battle, I'm not alone. That the Lord is actually with me. The Lord has never left me. And as I'm going through a battle, I can expect good things. Expect to come out stronger. And and I told the youth Wednesday night that that word, my wife wouldn't let me. You knew I was going to die. I had to do it, right? I had a different um, uh, picture. And it wasn't my wife. The youth loved it. Couldn't get over it, actually. I could never get them back after this. But the word there is actually booty. Like, right? No battle, no booty. But that wouldn't look appropriate on the cover of a church bulletin. <laughs> so, so uh, it's, it's pirate booty. It does depend on what church you go to, yes. <laughs> but you guys understand what I'm saying. So it's treasure, right? And, and, and if you say that to kids, they just can't let it go. No battle, no booty. And I had a picture of Jack Sparrow, right? Like this. <laughs> he had tea in one hand and treasure in the other hand. But I want you guys, you have to understand, no battle, no bounty, no spoils, okay? So look at, uh, look at this. This, this, uh, this is a beautiful passage in Numbers. We do a lot of old, old, covenant, old covenant teaching, but we see Jesus in there now, amen? We see what Jesus has done for us. We have the benefit of looking back. They did not. We do. We know what Christ has done for us. So in Numbers 31, they always went to battle. And whenever they went to battle, whether they were crossing over a land or just trying to drink from a well, and, and, and they wouldn't let them, well, they would go to battle and God's people would prevail. Yes? This is, a, this is just Numbers 31. This is what God wanted them to do with it, right? Now, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, count up the plunder. Okay, that's the same word, the, 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 the spoils that was taken of man and beast, you and Eleazar, the priest, and the chief fathers of the con- congregation. 
So Eleazar is the high priest at this time, okay? He's the high priest. When you think of high priest, think near to God. Are you with me? He's near to God. Everybody's created equal. God's no respecter of persons. But some people are closer to God. That's just a fact. Some people don't like when people say that, but it's true. God, the, Jesus had 70 disciples he sent out, right? He had 12 that were close. He had three that were really close. He had one that was really close. His name was John. So John had a secret. He figured it out. John knew. He always practiced the disciple whom Jesus loved. Whenever you focus on his love for you, you sense closeness, right? But now God didn't have any difference with the other 70, but John knew. John knew how much Jesus loved him. And that way, think about your own relationship. If you know how much your wife loves you or your husband loves you or your daddy growing up loves you, you have a tighter relationship, don't you? But if you think that there's a wall there of separation, that he's angry at you all the time, then your relationship is not so solid. Would you agree? Same way with God, our father. And so what you have to understand is that the Eleazar, he, his name literally means a gift of God. He, he represents nearness, closeness to God. Are you with me? All right, so uh, you have Eleazar there, who was the high priest, and the chief fathers of the congregation. And God told him to do this. This is a law, right? This is the, we call it the law of plunder or the law of the booty, <laughs> the treasure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's a real thing. No, I'm not making it up. The law of plunder. Um, he says, and divide the plunder into how many parts? Two parts. So what are the two parts for? Good thing they keep writing. Between those who took part in the war, that's those who went to battle. Amen? Those who took part in the war and those who went out, those who went out to battle and all the congregation. Let me just tell you something. When somebody goes out to battle, everybody's blessed. The spoils are for everybody. That's how it was in the Bible. It happened with David. David uh, went out to fight, and some men rose up and said, hey, those guys quit on us. They didn't go fight. They should get nothing. David said, no, give them a portion because that's what our father does for us. Well, he said God, but today that's what our father does for us. God, God our, our victory is everybody's victory. That's the good news, right? The victory for us is, is in the good news. It's in Jesus. And, and do we keep Jesus for ourselves or do we share it with everybody? Share it with everybody. And in this situation, it's, it's when, when we are blessed, it, we become blessers so the more we get the more we give and guess what the way god's math works the more you give the more you get because god knows that he can use you that way and so that's what would happen here god said take two parts of the plunder the the reward the spoils divide it into two parts one half of it would go to the people that went through the battle one to the people that stayed behind but everybody's blessed are you with me all right and levy a tribute for the Lord. This is a, a principle of tithing, right? You give a little bit to the Lord first, and then you get the reward. Now, here's the first part. The, there's two parts. The first part's right here. And levy a tribute for the Lord on the men of war who went out to battle. Remember, no battle, no spoils. Who went out to battle. One of every 500, right? One of every 500 of the persons, the cattle, the donkeys, and the sheep. Take it from their half and give it to Eleazar, the priest, as a heave offering to the Lord. You're like, what in the world does all this mean? One of every 500 they gave to the Lord first. They gave it to Eleazar, who represents nearness to God, closeness to God. You see it? The heave offering, there's two big offerings in the Old Testament uh, that, that, are, that signify 
uh, closeness to the Lord. One was the heave offering and one was the wave offering. And the heave offering, they would cut the lamb and they would heave it up, right, like this to the Lord. It's called the heave offering, literally. The other one was not the animal sacrifice, but the first fruit of the field. So they would take the, the grain and they, you know, they'd tie it up in a bundle and they would wave it like this. Okay, that's called the wave offering. So when you take the heave offering and the wave offering, what do you guys see? The cross. Amen. So even in the Old Testament, God is predicting that every sacrifice, every uh, every offering represents who? Jesus, but not just Jesus. What specifically about Jesus? The finished work, right? Because that's where the cross changed everything. And so you see that there in the heave offering. But those guys that went to battle, those guys that were in a battle, remember I asked you what your battle was? No difference. The guys that were in the battle gave one out of every how many? 500 to the Lord. Okay? Keep that in mind. Because here's the second part. And from the children of Israel's half, that's the congregation that stayed behind. Now, when a country goes to battle, do the majority of the people stay behind or go to battle in war? Yeah, stay behind. you got your army, your navy, whatever it is, the Marines that go out. But the majority of the nation stays behind. But these guys that went out to battle, even in Israel, they went out to battle. They got one out of every 500 of their spoils they gave back to the Lord. Okay? And from the children of Israel's half, you shall take one out of every what? 50. One out of every 50 and give it back to the Lord. So the people that didn't go through the battle took one out of every 50 of their half. Question. Who got more? Who got to keep more? The guys who went to battle. So the guys who went to, this is the law of the plunder. Okay. This is, uh, this is what it's referring to, that when you are in a battle, you can expect more from the Lord. You can expect greater spoils from the Lord. And so they, the, the people that went to battle got ten times as much as the people that stayed behind and didn't go through a battle. So whoever's going through a battle, and every church is different. Some people are doing just fine. Some people have a complete peace in their, in their family. Some people, uh, their marriages are at complete peace. Some people aren't at complete peace. But when those people that are going through the battle, they got to know that they can expect a bounty from the Lord because the because the father that you have in heaven makes everything work together for your good. And the more you keep your eyes and you keep your focus on that part, on the truth that God's going to make this good, that God's going to take every situation you're going through, every battle you're going through. God's going to make it good, not just good. He's going to bless you 10 times more than if you were just sitting there at peace. Yeah. So when you go through a battle, you can expect God to bless you. He always does. Now, we are blessed. Remember what I said. He, these guys, who did the people going through battle give their offering to? Eleazar, the high priest. That, that means they were closer to God in that aspect. But who do these people that stay behind give their portion to? Check this out. So one out of every 50, drawn from the persons, the cattle, and the donkeys, and the sheep, from all the livestock, and give it to the Levites. Now, who are the Levites? The Levites are priests. They come from the lineage of Aaron, but they're not the high priests. They're servants. So there's still a distance from God. These people that gave one out of every 50, you have to ask yourself, why is this in Scripture? Why is it so detailed? Why did the battle, the warriors that are going through the battle, why did they have to give their portion to Eleazar 
And everybody else gave it to the Levites. The Levites are the servants of the high priest. They get all the stuff ready around the temple. They get the lambs ready. They, they inspect the lambs. They get the altar of incense ready. They get the table of showbread ready. They do all that. They just can't go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest can do that. So they gave theirs to the servants of the, of the high priest. Who's our high priest today, church? Jesus. Are we close to him? Yeah, yeah. We're close to him. And, and when you're close to him, you sense that closeness. Then, then your mind's on, man, I'm going to expect good. I know that the Lord's going to bless me beyond measure. We, our family's going through some stuff. There's no need to get into it, but some of you know we're going through some stuff. It's hard, man. It's hard. Anybody feel like they just want to run? I mean, just literally just run and not stop like Forrest Gump from coast to coast. Just go and, and, and leave it all behind. Just run away from it. And it's, it just feels good to think about it. But if you actually do that, think of everybody you're leaving behind. Right. I want to run. I'm like, Kel, let's just move. <laughs> As if our problems just stay here. <laughs> right. We're going to be happy over there. Right. Let's just move. The beach is where we need to be. They need a church in the beach. Let's start one there. Right. Does that solve things? No, man. Running doesn't solve it. And running is not just physical. Running is mind. Your mind is just running, 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 running. And, and God's like, hey, slow down. Rest. Just rest. <laughs> just rest. You think about them. They gave, the, they gave their, their portion to the Levites, the, the servants. Some people have that servant mentality. No rest. Always serving. Look, those who went to battle got 10 times more. We saw that. Amen. If you're going through a battle, expect 10 times more. That's the truth. Eleazar is the high priest, represents nearness to God. Levites, they're servants to the high priest. Okay? So this is what I want you to see. Martha and Mary. How many of you guys know that story, right? I, 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 we preach on it all the time. You can draw all kinds of stuff, but there's something new for you this morning. I asked the Lord to give me something new. This is it. Right? Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet. So what was Mary doing? Sitting, resting at the feet of Jesus, right? Uh, and, oh, feet of Jesus and heard his word, heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Eleazar, near to God, that's where Mary's at. Levites, Martha, serving. Are you with me? See the connection there? So Martha was distracted with much serving. Now Martha saw Jesus and thought, what does Jesus need me to do? Mary saw Jesus and said, what can I gain from him? What can he do for me? Because we can't do anything for Jesus. He's got that man turned a basket a little bit into everything, right? I mean, no, he, he is able to make stuff happen. If he's hungry, he's just like, bam, pizza, boom. Yeah. Whatever he needs. He, what can you do for him? Can you do anything for him? No, he does it all. And so the whole point of this, guys, is, is as you go through a battle, you can either be near to him and sit at his feet and receive what you need, or you can start trying to serve everywhere. And when you're serving everywhere, you have a relationship with them, but it's not close. 
It's not like it is with Mary sitting down. It's not like Eleazar. You're not near to him. You're like those 70 that he sent out to serve, but you're not like John who sat in the bosom of Jesus and was close. You can't get any closer than putting your ear on his heart. And hearing his heartbeat, can you imagine hearing the heartbeat of Jesus? That's close. I want to make me like John. I want to be that guy. I want to be so close. I don't just want to serve, 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 serve. This church is not a church with much serving. We don't have business meetings once a month. We don't have uh, all these committees. People want to do something. We just run it by the elders, right? We simplified religion is what we did. Doesn't mean that we don't need help, but God, God will make that happen. He puts that on you. We don't make you do something that you want to do. You'll quit. Amen? How many of you guys want to send your kids to school where the teacher really doesn't want to be there? Anybody see the movie Bad Teacher? I didn't. Since y'all didn't. Y'all lying, too. I know y'all had to see that movie. Did you see it? I never heard of it either. If Kelly didn't see it, I sure didn't see it. I would never watch a movie without her. All right, anyway, you see the connection between Eleazar and the Levites, the serving and the receiving. So, uh, so Mary's distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? She knew him to be Lord. Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Right? And so she's in a battle. She sees, what does Jesus need from me? What can I do to please Jesus? What can I do serving-wise to please Jesus? Uh, she blamed him, by the way. Lord, do you not see? <laughs> My sister. Right? She blamed him and her sister in one breath. Therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her to stop receiving and start working. And it doesn't make sense when you say it that way, but that's what she's saying. right? And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled. Battle, battle, battle about many things but one thing is needed just one thing is needed jesus said and mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her question who was trying to take anything away from mary sometimes the enemy will use your family member wow <laughs> who is it kill <laughs> since you laughed out loud right yeah <laughs> but isn't it true sometimes the enemy will use somebody close to you and, and and what what were they taking away what's the one thing that that martha who was serving was trying to take away from mary what's the one thing that closeness she was resting at the feet of jesus she was receiving i think i wrote this down yeah one was trying to learn the mind of the lord to see what he wanted and one was actually learning the mind of the lord sitting down but religion will turn that around saying you got to do this you got to do this you got to do this before you can be a member you need to go here you need to take this 12-week class you need to you need to sign up to serve somewhere somewhere you got to serve to be a member he's saying just come and sit receive rest just rest and receive this church is sometimes like an airport church where people come through and they come through because they've been hurt somewhere and they'll come maybe for one sunday and hear a message never come back but they'll be changed forever. And they'll send you a message saying, thank you for that message. It changed my life. I needed that right then and there. Sometimes it's a church 
where people come and they just need to rest and receive for a little bit before they go back to their other church. And that's okay because to Pastor Dwayne and I, it's not about this building. It's about this message because this message changes lives. He and I don't do it and this building doesn't do it. It's the message we've received that changes lives. And we're okay with that. And so once she was saying, what does he need from me? I'm trying to learn what he wants from me. Surely if I serve him, right? Because that was the culture of the day. But Mary was actually learning what was happening. Check this out in 1 Peter 5.10. But may the God of all grace, just say God of all grace. Wouldn't it be cool to have a song like that? Just God of all grace. That's a powerful statement. God of all grace. Sometimes you just stop and you can just meditate on that by saying it over and over. God of all grace. Grace there, favor. God of all favor. The favor that you can't earn. You don't deserve. It's just undeserved favor. It's God of all grace. Who called us. Now the, in the original it's you. So make it personal. God, may the God of all grace who called you. Uh, uh, us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After you have suffered a while. Say after. After, after you have suffered a while. After. There's an after. So whatever battle you're going through, there's an after. And after you've suffered a while, you're suffering a while, your battle in, in your mind, a while. But after, look, after you have suffered a while, may the God of all grace perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. After. There's always, this is always going to come. It never fails. Every time you suffer, every time you think your world is ended, I want you to know that there will be a perfection in you, that you will be established in who you are, that you will be strengthened in your belief, and that your peace would settle you. You would have a perfect peace. So anytime you go through a battle, you got to say to yourself, these four things are going to happen to me. I'm coming out stronger. I'm coming out better. I'm going to be a better person than, than I was before I went through this thing. And see, that's the part I have been doing. <laughs> I've been thinking about all the what ifs in my future. Instead of that, that's the truth. Have you guys ever said, man, I hope this doesn't happen? And, and you could be so afraid of something happening, and it never happened, but you wasted so much time being afraid that you didn't live life to the fullest, that you were so focused that your joy was gone. And that's why instead of thinking about that, we got to know this is the truth, that yes, we are going to suffer in this world. We are. This world is fallen. It's evil. There's some bad things that happen. Some of it's your fault. Some of it's not your fault. Some of it you want to blame on others. Amen? Like, all the stuff that happened to me is because my parents, man. It's their fault. I mean, think about what I would be like if I had a perfect childhood. I'd be even more perfect than I am right now. You guys see this. Think about this with a happy home. <laughs> Y'all, anyway. This is what you get to look forward to. This is what we need to speak out instead of fear, instead of doubt. This is what we speak out. He's going to perfect me. As soon as the enemy gets in there and goes, hey, you're suffering. So what? He's going to perfect me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to give me a peace. He's going to give me a peace. He's already given you these things. Every good and perfect gift you have. The Bible says we 
have the peace of God. We have it right now. Whether you're in your battle, you're not in your battle, you have the peace of God. You're not gonna, God's not holding anything back. He's not making you jump through loops in order to earn different rewards. You have everything. Ain't no freaking flower miles, man. If you go through this battle, you'll get 10 points. That's not how God works. Amen? But sometimes we think that's how he works. Every one of those things we have. But as we go through that battle, they get better. They get better. You know why they get better? Because your faith is getting built up. You're knowing that this, this situation in our family we're going through, that God is going to make us better. He's going to perfect our family. He's going to establish our family. He's going to strengthen our family. And we will have a perfect peace. Perfect peace. So whatever battle you're going through, look at this. And people will say, hey, man, that, that, that's great and everything. But I want you to know that Satan can come in and he can mess it up. And I'm like, no, he can't. Because in the context, you'll see, that's verse 10. Let's drop back to verse 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the word may is so important, church. We got to know. We got to know that the devil can't mess with everybody. That's why the word may is in there. He's seeking who he may devour. That means that some people are undevourable, right? Satan can't just jump on you. He doesn't have problems. My wife gives, has a quote from somebody that says, uh, we think that, that, that God's going around, going around putting the fires out that Satan starts. God ain't chasing Satan. Satan's chasing God. Don't think that everything happens because, you know, God's going around fixing what the devil does. No, everything's perfect. The devil is the one trying to make it unperfect. But he can't. He's defeated. So the only place he can operate is right here. He can get in that what-if realm. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if my marriage falls apart? What if we can't pay these bills? What if I get evicted? What if, what, what if I make this move and it's the worst thing in the world? you got to understand, God's going to make everything work for you. Even your mistakes, God makes them work for you. You know why? Because he loves you. You can't, you can't do anything to earn that. That's just perfect love. Perfect love. But see, the devil will do this. And so when you resist him, when you resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Sometimes Satan makes you think you're the only one going through this crap. Stuff. <laughs> Need to edit that whatever time. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like you're the only one going through it and nobody will understand it. I'm going through some marriage problems, man, so I'm just, I can't talk to anybody. No one knows what's going on in my life. That's the enemy, man. I can tell you that when you get together and you bring your cares before brothers and sisters and they lay hands on you and they pray over you, powerful things happen. I've seen it. Powerful things happen. And so don't let the enemy think you're the only one going through it. That's his way of trying to isolate you. You're not isolated. That's why the Bible says don't forsake the assembly. Because God knew we would need the assembly. It's not talking about going to church on Sunday and Wednesday night. It's talking about the people. Because the church is not the building. It's the people in these buildings. It's the people in huts across the world. That's the church. It's not the building. So don't forsake it. Because God knew we would need each other. Amen? To be encouraged. So you see the context of that whole thing, man. 
But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory uh, by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So even when the enemy attacks you, you can expect to come out stronger. That's why Satan's defeated. He comes out looking like a real roaring lion. He's defeated. He is defeated. And you are prosperous. Amen. Psalm 66, 12. Woo, thank you, Jesus. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Sometimes it seems like other people are being favored above you that aren't Christians. You're like, God, why them? Why are you blessing them and not me, right? Anybody feel that way? Just me. Okay. I'm not going to call people liars, but. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, man, you look at the, the, the wealthy people in the world, and you're like, God, why are you blessing all? And we're suffering out here. Are we suffering? <laughs> Listen, all that stuff means nothing, man. It's nothing. That stuff can be here one day, be gone the next day. It's what's in here. Our treasure is in the Lord, man. And so he's, he's saying, this is David. You have caused men to ride over our heads, man. He is feeling that way. We went through fire. Anybody feel like they've gone through fire? Through water? Yeah. You feel like you were drowning in debt sometimes maybe? Yeah. Listen, good news. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Now, this is the King James Version. Let me give you a version that's closer to the original Greek. All right? Or Hebrew, I should say. Oh, wait. I want to show you this word. So you see this word. It's only used twice. This word, rahaya. Rahaya. Re, no, Revhaya. I can't speak it. All right? Don't look at me like that. I can ghettoize it, though. Revhaya. Revhaya. What does Revhaya mean? Well, it's wealthy. Runneth over. Remember the song we sang? Satisfaction. You see all the words right there. That's Strong's definition of that word. Runneth over. He causes your wealth. To run over. Are you, are you talking about wealth? Are you one of those guys? No, the Bible says it. The Bible says it. He causes your wealth to run over. My treasure is not in what I have, just so you know. But let me just tell you this. God does bless. He blessed, he blessed his people all over the place with cattle, with gold, with silver. And my heart, is my, that's not my treasure. My treasure is in Jesus. But when I have that stuff, I don't make apologies for it. I know where it comes from. But he's saying right here, man, that's what that that's what that word literally means. How many of you guys know the Bible is not Holy Spirit breathed in English? Yeah. Old Testament is Hebrew. New Testament is Greek. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why these words matter. Right. So check this out. You prepare a table. Ooh, it's only used twice in Scripture. Did I go too fast, man? I'm trying to go too fast. That's the word for uh, rich right there. OK, just so you know fulfillment so there's the word psalm 23 it's only used twice in scripture It's used there and it's used here you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runneth over anybody's cup runneth over well listen that's that's what the lord is saying man that in the middle of your battle you see right there man they were going through the fire they were going through the water but as they were doing that what was god doing blessing them richly blessing them richly that's important that we get that all right look at psalm 4 1 hear me when i call O god of my righteousness you have relieved me in my distress have mercy on me and hear my prayer 
Anybody want God to hear your prayer? Anybody ask if God is actually hearing your prayer? All prayers are answered, amen? Sometimes they're no. No, every prayer is a yes. But it's not the yes you might be looking for, but it's a better yes. It's always a better yes. How many guys prayed for something, and then you look back and you're like, God, thank you that that didn't happen. Yeah. I told you about the girl I wanted to marry in fifth grade. I'm like, God, if you let her marry me, I promise I'll be at church every Wednesday night. I made a deal with God. Right. And then you grow up and you see where she's at on Facebook now. And you're like, God, thank you. That you allowed me to marry Kelly. Right. Nothing against her. I'm just saying, I don't know who she is anymore. But you, you know how we always pray for stuff. But how many of you guys know that God knows what we need more than we know what we need? That's the point. I shouldn't have brought up the old middle school thing. <laughs> All right. Let me show you this in the amplified version. Amplified version. Answer me when I call. <laughs> David's saying this. He's like, God, answer the phone. <laughs> answer me when I call. Oh, God of my righteousness, uprightness, justice, and right standing with you. He knew who he was. He knew who he was. You have freed me when I was hemmed in and enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. Question, when was he enlarged? When he was in distress. So when you're in, when you're stressed out, that's when God is enlarging you. And I ain't talking about weight. All right, don't be blaming God been so stressed God's just been enlarging me all right that's not what it's saying all right it's literally talking about land it's talking about your 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 wealth that we just read okay um so back to Psalm 23 this is the only time that was the only two places that that word wealth was used and you can see that enlargement comes when you're in distress how many guys are Going through a battle. I just asked you that earlier, right? If you're going through a battle right now, you got to know that right now, as you're going through that battle, in the moment that you're going through the battle, in the week that you're going through the battle, if you feel hemmed in by what's happening around you, you got to know that at that moment, right now, God is enlarging your territory. Enlarging your territory. Right now, as we go through a battle, Kel, right now with our family, I want you to know God's enlarging our territory. That's what he does. That's the part we got to focus on because that's where our hope is. It's not in the what if, what's going to happen. It's, man, this is exciting that we're going through this. <laughs> you don't even have to believe it when you're saying it. But you can say it by faith and say, man, the Lord is blessing us right now. He's preparing a spot for us right now. He's making us stronger right now. We are settled right now. We have a peace right now, even though we don't. We're looking at the natural when we say we don't. In the supernatural, we have a peace. We are strengthened. We're established. So you see how you feel right now when you think about the truth? That's our opportunity every day out there. Every day out there. When we're going through a battle, when we see the truth, we have hope. We have hope. Hope that we can't explain to anybody. It's something that's in here. Right? Look at this. We'll finish right here. The Lord is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Yeah. What does a shepherd do? He provides for the sheep. Do the sheep provide anything for the shepherd? No. The shepherd does it all. He does all the work. That's who he is. 
Jesus is my shepherd, right? I shall not want. The, the word there is literally what, Pastor Dwayne, you remember? Lack. There's nothing you'll lack, right? He makes me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's what sheep do. He leads me beside the still waters. The word there is literally waters of peace. Just lay there like laying on the beach, right? Uh, beside the still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I. Now we got a pronoun change. <laughs> this is where he goes off. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Notice that we're going to go through a valley. We, how many of you guys go through valleys? It's a battle. We go through valleys, but we don't stop there. We go through. See the word through? It doesn't say, yea, though I stop in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley. He's with me. He's with me. He's waiting on the other side. A, she a shepherd always goes first. A shepherd goes through that battle that you're in right now. He goes first to make sure the sheep can get through safely. So whatever the battle is that you're going through right now, you got to know Jesus already went through it. He's made it through. You keep your eyes on him. You will come out of it. Amen? You'll come out of it every time. He's already went through it. Nothing going to jump out and get you. He went through it for you. And it's only a shadow of death. It's not death. Sometimes shadows scare people. It's not death itself. It's a shadow. Satan will throw shadows all the time. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Comfort me. You ever hear a pastor talk about the rod and staff as beating the sheep when they left? You know, in order for that sheep to go, if that sheep goes, the shepherd goes and breaks its leg so it won't do it anymore. I heard that growing up. I thought that's what God would do to me. I'm like, he's going to break both my legs if I leave church. Right? What kind of relationship is that? Anybody want to be married to somebody like that? You step out, you get your leg broken? No. We have special places for people like that on this earth. Why do we put God in that category? He's a loving God. That rod and that staff are to help you. That rod is not to beat you. That rod is to clear the way for you. That staff is if you fall in a pit, it picks you up out of the pit. That's what Jesus does for us. Amen? So it's not there as a weapon against you. It's a tool to help you. He's not beating you. Don't let a pastor tell you that. Breaking your leg? If you asked a shepherd that today, he'd be like, man, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we don't break our, why would we do that? That's stupid, right? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's a battle. Whatever that battle is, he's prepared a table for you. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. It, it's not just full. It run, it's more than enough. It's much more. Whatever battle you're going through, in the midst of your enemies, it's much more. Your cup is overflowing. You can't keep it in. Anybody been blessed so much that you can't keep it in? You remember when you are like five years old and it was Christmas morning? And all the presents had your name on it. You're just boxed in with them and then your little brother comes and he tries to take one you're like oh you're trying to hold it but they keep falling over because there's so many of them you are blessed more than you will ever know you in fact when you're that blessed when they fall over they fall to other people and you're okay with it right uh and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever that's it when you know 
when you're going through a battle and you know who you are, that he's your protector, that he's your shepherd, he's already went through it on your behalf. When you know that, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not even a question. You're in it. He won it. All you got to do is keep your eyes on him. Whatever battle you're going through, and listen, every battle is important to the Lord. Whatever it is for you, family. Sometimes when I was a kid, I'd look in the mirror, I'd have a pimple on my cheek. I'd be like, oh, dang, that's a battle. For that age, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Every battle is important to the Lord. You got to know that every battle is important to the Lord and you are important to the Lord. Therefore, you got to also know that he's gone before you in that battle and he's made you stronger. You are going to come out stronger, 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 stronger. That's who you are. That's what he does for you. That's Noah. And that's my wife going to say hi to Noah. <laughs> With her rod. <laughs> Ooh, dang. All right. So anyway, hey, that's all I got for you today. Did you guys learn anything today? I hope it helped you. I hope it blessed you. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Hey, Jesus did all this work. Jesus did all this work. It is finished. There's nothing you can do to earn this. You were qualified. In fact, if you were going through a battle, you were qualified to be enlarged. Qualified. He's done it for you. That's all I got. I want you guys to stand up, and, and, and I want to be up here in the front. Listen, if you are going through something, if there's a battle going on, let's not, don't worry about that right now, Dwayne. If there's a battle going on in your heart, in your mind, just seek out one of us. Let us pray with you, man. Don't walk out of here feeling like, uh, like you're alone. Don't let Satan do that to you, man. I want you to be able to be free to ask for prayer, and let's just pray together. I don't know the answer. I know who the answer is, though. I know where the answer's found. I don't know how it's going to turn out for you specifically, but I know it's going to be good. I know you're going to be stronger as a result of it. So if you need me after this, man, just come to me and let me pray over you. I have a meeting with a couple uh, after church, and there's another person I'm going to pray with after church, but uh, we'll make time. And there's other people in here that are qualified to do that. Uh, But since the time I got a little carried away with the word this morning, I'm going to bring Pastor Dwayne up. He's going to pray a blessing over you. Receive it by saying amen. That's what the word means. May it be to me what he's saying. He's speaking out truth over you. He's speaking out scripture over you. And you just simply receive it by saying amen. You don't have to do it at the end of the prayer. If something strikes you here, say amen. Say, I receive that. That's what you're saying. Exactly what he's saying. I receive that. So if that's you, just stand up with us at the end here and uh, and receive whatever Pastor Dwayne prays over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your presence. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that because we've gathered in this place in your name, you are in our midst, Father, and you are moving on our behalf, Father. You're touching our hearts, touching our, our lives, touching our minds, Father. You're transforming us, God, by the new renewing of our mind today. We thank you, Father, for your word. The word is truth, Father. It is it is strength to our bones, Father. It is life to us, God. We thank you for making us stronger as we grow, go through the, the valley of the shadow of death, Father. We thank you for equipping us uh, as we go through, Father. We thank you for making all things work together for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness, God, to do that over and over and over again, Father. We thank you, Lord, that uh, your presence 
is always sensed and always felt, Father, as we go through this situation. For your promise was that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Father. And we know you're with us because your spirit resides on the inside of us, abides on the inside of us. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that as we leave this place today, Father, we leave this place changed, not the same way that we came in, Father, but we're better because of it, Father. We thank you for equipping us, Father, equipping our minds and for being our provider, God. You have already gone before us and supplied everything that we need. So, Father, I speak life over this congregation, Father, this body of believers, Lord, that you brought brought into this place today, Father. I thank you for not only the members of this church, Father, but also the the, the visitors, Father, that came to be with us, to worship with us today, Father. We ask, God, that you bless their lives, Lord, and that, Father, you would make them fruitful, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.